Hello again from Malcolm and Malcolm. Welcome back, guys. It's been a long time. We're surviving. We're here. surviving. <laughs> Are we surviving? I guess that life? should be the first thing you say. <laughs> Are we surviving? We're still alive. Um, yeah, so today, I think more than having a specific topic for us to sort of go over, we wanted to really just talk about what has this first... About a month. month, yeah, yeah, about a month, month of yeah. teaching really big. Feels like a whole year. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so to go through our current feelings about the new year, and um, I guess sort of just talk to you guys a little bit about what this experience has been like, how it's looked similar to what we expected, how it's looked different yeah. to what we expected, and. Yeah, what sort of things can we be hoping for and looking forward to going into the rest of the year? So, um, yeah, I I would say that this year is looking a bit, I don't know if more challenging mm-hmm. is the right word. Yeah. But it's, it's looking like there's a lot more moving pieces that yeah. I'm having to pay attention to and worry about than what I feel like I even understood yeah. my role as the teacher to like look like and be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what about you? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say more challenging because I think it's definitely as challenging as I thought it was going to be. I would say the weight of responsibility is so much heavier yeah. than what I anticipated <laughs> feeling like you know, like every day just being in charge of those souls of the children is just like... Every day being a valuable learning experience. Yeah, like, like oh. it's really made me reflect on like literally every action I take, every word I say, like just every little thing, every little detail. I'm just like, is that okay? Like, wait, maybe I could have handled that better. Like, how should I go about this? And like being a teacher is so crazy because you have to really... It's really like improv. Like I tell people all the time, it's really like <laughs> acting and like improv where like you just never know what's going to be thrown at you. So every day it's kind of like dealing with that anxiety. Like one thing that I'm, I'm surprised about was like that first day anxiety was like very intense. But then it's like I low-key have that like every morning. Every- for like, <laughs> yeah. like, I wake up and it's like walking into like – Oh, I thought it was just situation every morning. I'm just like, oh wow, that didn't go away. Like I thought that would go away. (laughs) It just didn't. It just didn't. Um, But I mean, I think that speaks more to like the care that we put and like the importance that we place on being a teacher, which I think is very important. So I kind of appreciate it because it keeps me on my toes. Yeah. Um, But it's definitely a lot. Like it's definitely a lot. Like one thing we, me and Malcolm, always joke about is that there really is no tire, like a teacher tired. And it no just, way. it is mental, it's emotional, it's physical, it's spiritual, it's like just everything all at once. Yeah, if I can, if I could describe it, because I feel like I've tried to describe it multiple times, yeah. so maybe this will speak to your experience as well. But it's like all day you have a stimulus. You have mm-hmm. things that are like coming at you yeah. that you have to deal with, and you're dealing with them <laughs> every second every moment and then I walk into the house I take like a deep breath and like that stimulus stops for a second 
and it's like everything that I couldn't deal with throughout the entire day or wasn't allowing myself to feel throughout the whole entire day, it just it just hits it's, me like yeah. all right then. <laughs> and it's like I'm more tired than I even knew could yeah, like exactly. really be possible. And then I still have to plan yeah. or like get ready for the next day or you know, we still have assignments which yeah. Um, because of an accident I had recently, I'm a little bit behind on my assignments. <laughs> um, thank goodness to urban teachers and the teachers being understanding. Um, but yeah, it's just been like, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a lot. And it's like, it's interesting because last year during our residency year, yeah, I just I just didn't feel it. And I think maybe like, there really is a difference between being like, a, even like a co-teacher it's just not the same. It it just is not the same. It just hits completely different. You think it's the you think you know. Yeah, exactly. You think you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you really have no idea. You really have no idea. So but it's been it's been great so far. A month in, um, you know, I can only speak for myself, but I'm feeling good, feeling comfortable. I feel like my classroom culture is coming together. The way that I want it to still have a lot of learning to do about teaching kids how to be responsible and accountable. That's big. Um, that's, that's, that's for everyone. Yeah. But one thing that I try to tell myself, and I have a, a team member that helps me out with this a lot, is that she always tells me, like, don't feel the need to rush. And I'm so thankful that she tells me that because I think sometimes, especially as first year teachers, especially like when we start thinking about all the content we got to teach our kids. And, how much we want them to all, you know, end on grade level and meet their standards and do well on their tests. We have a lot of time with these kids. You know, we have all the way up until June and it's only September. And so one thing she always tells me is like, don't rush, like take your time. And so like, that's one thing that I'm, I'm learning how to get adjusted to and like really learning how to like space out my content, not feel rushed, to like get this in. And if my students are getting it then to feel bad you know take my time so yeah I would say I feel I'm feeling good I have so many students and uh, I don't have so many students at one time I have two classes of 20 yeah to get to know and really be able to meet like the needs of 40 yeah. different students it's so much data yeah it's so so many different personalities and it's been a real big challenge for me to not feel like there's just no way I can do everything in my power for each student. Yeah, right? like, yeah that makes sense. You know, there's just there's there's some students that can't even recognize their letter sounds, mm -hmm. and then there's some students that are reading chapter books. Like that's a huge gap yeah. in my class. And how do I make sure that you know I'm making sure that the kids that don't recognize their letter sounds are being supported while at the same time my students are reading the chapter books I feel like they're being challenged in the class mm -hmm. like that's that's two entirely different worlds yeah. of learning and to have to meet both those needs in the classroom I can 100% say that I haven't found the perfect recipe <laughs> for success yet yeah. uh, and I'm hoping that by the end of this year I'll really have have a good system down for how I can do that because um, right now it seems just a little yeah. bit it seems a little bit crazy yeah no that is a big thing I've been thinking about as far as just like educational system as a mm -hmm. whole and like really like just this week I started you know like 
thinking about and talking with other people about about this whole you know the no child left behind and the impact that that had on education and yeah you have these classrooms where yeah you just have too much on the side of the spectrums like yeah you got some students that are just like so far behind it's yeah. just like okay i literally have to teach you almost everything brand new then yeah you have those kids that are just excelling advanced you know they somehow just found a way to just get all their content and just super on top of it and so yeah it's like okay how do i like and some things i have to think about too is like is that even possible right is it even possible or yeah like you know to have a class yeah well one it's not fair that's the thing it's not fair It's, (laughs) it's it's definitely not fair and i talk to people about that all the time like there should be some type of process of like you know, some people, some schools talk about this too, of like not uh, not grouping students by grade or age, but by like ability and what they know. And it's like sometimes that seems like it would make more sense because you could really target, you know, what a kid needs yeah. and like build off their strengths. But yeah, in these classrooms, especially when our classrooms are so dictated by standards mm-hmm. and curriculum yeah. and standardized tests, it's like okay. I have to teach to these standards, but you're all the way down here, and then you're all the way up here, and then I have all these kids somehow floating around in the middle. How can I make this all work? So that's something I'm, I'm getting used to, too, and I have to adjust to, and just trying to figure out, okay, yeah, like, how can I make this work for everybody? Because I hate feeling like, sometimes I have to, I just, even myself start feeling like, okay, I feel like I'm leaving some kids behind, just because it's like, I they need so much more. But yeah. it's like I have, like you said, all these other students. I can't give you the full time and attention that you really need, you know? Yeah, and um, something else I think we should talk about uh, is just the differences between both of our schools. Because uh, I, I feel like both of us knew they were going to be different. <laughs> and then now we're there and we're like, Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like oh my goodness, right? So, um, I believe it was our last episode. We were sort of talking that one or the one before. We were talking mm-hmm. about how um, we knew just off of the demographics of the kids, yeah, as well as the percentage of kids that are at risk at both the schools. We knew we were going to be going into environments that were two different worlds yeah um so i think it might be important for us to sort of talk about yeah for sure. that a little bit so uh at my school i can 100 percent say there is a really big push um for com- community and family engagement so the parents at my school very present have a lot of control mm-hmm. on not only things that um, the school is doing, but also what's happening in the classroom, right? Uh, there is a bigger push to make sure that parents are included um, in consistent and constant communication. Mm-hmm. And that whole entire aspect of teaching, the parental communication side, is almost overbearing sometimes mm-hmm. it's like it, it just feels almost inescapable um the location of my school is right next to uh, a university mm-hmm. 
And so it's a fairly safe, well resourced community as well. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, coming up, we're about to have a unit where we do like a neighborhood walk and walk around the neighborhood and we go to these different businesses yeah. and, you know, sort of engage in the neighborhood in that way. Um, that I'm not sure that type of community walk or community engagement might be able to happen and around your <laughs> yeah so um malcolm how about you um yeah so my school is located in uh congress heights washington dc um and as far as the community goes the community is definitely underdeveloped um for sure like you said like that community walk my school there's no businesses with, with besides the liquor store corner store and I'm trying to think of what else. There's a few churches. Other than that, though, there, there's nothing to walk around and go see. Um, we've actually been on lockdown twice in the month in the past month for shootings right outside on the same streets um, our school is at. Um, so it, it's kind of like in that traumatic environment, and like parents either are not connected enough. I don't feel comfortable in a school setting to really connect. And you can see it because our school even has a policy that parents are not allowed in the school building because there have been fights and a lot of frustration and aggression shown towards teachers and parents mutually. Um, so right now our policy is that parents aren't even allowed to walk into the school, like around the school. Like if I wanna meet with a parent I have to go get them from the front desk, let the office know, like, she's with me. Is it okay if we go upstairs? Like, that whole process. Um, and even I still have some parents that I've never talked to, not once. They haven't yeah. reached out to me. I've reached out to them. I just never return. Haven't come to the back to school night. Didn't come to meet your teacher night. Anything. I, I, I have met or seen every single one of my parents. Yeah, yeah. see. I have some that I've legit have, I have some that I've never seen and never, and some that I've just never talked to, just not even like any yeah. sort of communication. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting being in that environment where it's like, okay, it's really me and my students <laughs> against the world, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, trying to navigate that, I've been trying to like, so my thing is like every week I send out parent messages, whether I've talked to them not whether they respond one week if not i got some parents that i've sent messages and they just never reply um and i use classroom dojo and it was even more interesting about classroom dojos that you can tell when the parents actually read the messages so i have some parents that read the messages and just don't reply which i think is kind of weird because i'm sending you okay. literally paragraphs about your student their behaviors what they're doing and then i have some parents that might have connected on dojo but just never check the messages yeah um so dealing with that has been kind of interesting um the biggest thing though is you i could see the difference in the students so it's like I me mean, i'm talking i talk to my parents about it a lot the parent the students that parents are engaged i've met them they answer the messages they comment on the work we're doing they ask questions they answer my questions those students tend to just i want to say mesh better in an academic culture like they're just kind of more on top of things they're doing the homework they're paying attention in class they care about the grades that they get and then those parents that aren't really invested 
you can tell that the student isn't really invested in their own education and kind of takes school a little more lackadaisical and don't do the homework and don't really care about listening and making sure they're doing correct uh, in their behaviors and academically. Um, so yeah, definitely a, a two ends of the spectrum of our, of our school. Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I have to say, um, because I have parents that are really, really in tune <laughs> with the school as a whole, as a whole, and um, feel a lot of investment not only in their students' education but just in their ability to sort of create change and and have their voice heard at the school. Yeah. Um, it has led to um, friction. I don't know if friction is the right word, but definitely just more of the parents saying, I don't like this, yeah. I don't want that, yeah. don't do this, don't do that, um, which can really influence yeah, yeah. <laughs> my ability to sort of uh, operate in the school. And um, yeah, it's, it's just been, it's just been a whole, it's just been a whole new experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, 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 we always talk about how we need to increase um, parent engagement, uh -huh. but I'm not sure we have ever discussed when parent engagement oversteps or like, yeah. what does that mean? But we also have to like think about the mean? demographic of your school too. For sure. With that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, a lot of my parents, um, uh, that are really invested are, are actually predominantly black. Mm -hmm. However, they're probably middle or upper yeah, class yeah. black families mm -hmm. um so yeah it's, it's just it's totally it's just a totally different vibe mm -hmm. I, i'm not sure that was something i was prepared for yeah. i'm not sure that i was um super prepared for having a not scripted curriculum mm -hmm. uh, i know that you work with eureka yeah correct mm -hmm. we don't use a program like that so everything that we do um you know, like we have some sort of outlines from previous years, but everything we do is sort of off the cuff created yeah. by us in a lot of ways, right? So not having a scripted curriculum to sort of fall back on uh, takes a lot of time with organizing and getting mm -hmm. um, lessons ready. And because a lot of my students, not a lot of my students, all of my students split their time 50-50 between English classes and Chinese classes. Uh, just a reminder, I am a Chinese immersion, so half the time they're, at, they're in an English class and the other half the time, uh, like the next day, they're all day in a Chinese classroom. So it, uh, a lot of their English development is a lot more behind yeah. than it should be. Mm -hmm. um, so having to, that, that's part of the reason why I have some kids that are so far behind. Yeah. Um, and so it's really difficult to sort of match that because how can how can you really overcome that gap when that mm -hmm. gap is created in the way the school functions? Yeah. Um, so it's not just that they are behind because they're not learning it, but just because their amount of um, that they're I guess what's the word I'm looking for that they have contact mm -hmm. with English learning. I mean, it's fifty percent less than any other traditional school. Yeah. So it's just yeah, it's just totally different. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, it is interesting because 
Yeah, I have a scripted curriculum, but this is the first year my school has adopted Eureka. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure what they did years previously um, for math at least. Um, and even our literacy curriculum is new. Um, we're using one called the Great, not Great, but American Reading Company huh. in the Hundred Book Challenge, and so that's did, new too. What they used before? Did they use like Lucy Calkins or something? Uh, uh, well, they used Lucy Calkins for writing um, before. I want it was Journeys. It was one called Journeys that they were using. Um, but I've seen how curriculum is almost designed to me to leave certain kids behind because it doesn't give us as teachers like we have a whole pacing guide we have to follow where like you know i like i've been telling malcolm i've already gotten some you know um pushback pushback from trying to deviate from the curriculum because i'm noticing behaviors and skills that my students need to work on so i'm trying to get to those and then I'm getting in trouble because it's like you're not following the curriculum the way we want you to follow it. Um, and so it's like you're almost set up to leave students behind. So I'm interested in how it's going to work for you where kind of you have kind of had that more freedom. You can kind of provide different learning experiences for your students based on their needs. Yeah. Um, whereas for me, yeah, if I have a student, you know, I still have students that that are messing up 10 plus 5. But according to Eureka... We need to be doing 36 plus 60, you know, and they're looking at that like, there's no way I can do that. Like, I have kids literally, you know, trying to draw 60 circles and then draw 36 circles and they count all those up. That's the only strategy they know, you know, and it's like, you know, I wish, you know, like I could slow things down for them and I try to give them some side work, but it's like that, that, um, that gap between what they, what they're supposed to know um, and what they really know, you know, scripted curriculum doesn't give us any time to really close that gap. Yeah. Um, so that's been a little stressful. Um, and then also, too, I think what curriculums, what schools have to start being more purposeful about is the way they implement curriculums. And that's something that I've never really thought about before. Because I feel like a lot of the times people just blame curriculum in general but don't really think about how schools actually implement curriculums. So like a curriculum like Eureka, if kids start with Eureka and like, I think they go down to kindergarten, if a, if a school is starting with Eureka with kids that come in with kindergarten, yeah, the, by the time they get to second grade, they should all somehow be around the same level, have the same type of understanding. But what my school is doing now is all to just throwing Eureka out there to them and these kids didn't haven't grown up with Eureka. They learned math a totally different way. So now we're asking them to readjust to a new way and it's not clicking, you know, and that's part of the problem too, where it's like, okay, on top of learning new math skills, I'm also learning a new way of doing math. And now for them, they're just like, they're too young to really be able to process all mm. of that. So, so you would think that um, a school would need to maybe roll something roll something out like that slower so maybe yeah. just starting with kindergarten and then slowly phasing out or as like kids graduate and go on to you know i think your school ends at third grade right, third grade, yeah. right so as they go on to fourth grade um you know those kids will move out and then the kindergarten would move to first yeah, but then that exactly. new, new kindergarten class would start learning eureka yeah, exactly and then soon the whole the school, school would be on yeah. eureka but it isn't just like 
all these kids that were using some sort of other mathematical model or curriculum are suddenly being forced to throw everything that they learned out exactly. that they learned previously for this like new mode of teaching because yeah, exactly. it's supposed to be quote unquote more successful. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That would make more sense, you know, like give kids the app, you know, the advantage of implementing the program correctly instead of just throwing it at them and all of a sudden they have these new ways of counting, new ways of doing math, breaking down the steps, and now they're just totally at a loss. And the teacher has to make up for that gap as well, right? That's supposed to be our responsibility. Like, oh, uh, well, who cares? It's up to you to teach them, you know, find a way to make it work. And it's like, all right, I could try my best, but that's <laughs> Yeah. And to all those listening, if you feel like this is a little ranty, it is a little. It, it is a little ranty. I feel like there's been so much that has happened to us over the past yeah. month that it's sort of hard for us to encapsulate it um, in a single episode. But we wanted to sort of touch base with all you guys and just kind of reopen up our conversation yeah, a little bit. Get back um, into the swing of things. Yeah, because it's just been one one thing after yeah, another. That adjusting period has been been a roller coaster it has totally been a roller coaster (laughs) um so i think we're going to go ahead and close out for today we just wanted to really give you guys some insight into what we're doing so um yeah again one thing that i really took away from our conversation is that um this has just been really overwhelming um, (laughs) in a lot of ways and that there's a lot of things both on our end that we know and recognize we need to do Mm. more as teachers um, but then there are also a lot of things just in the way that schools are run yeah. that really affect the way that we're able to operate and be successful yeah. as teachers, right? So, um, for me, that's a big takeaway too. Yeah, kind of like you said, overwhelming, but yeah, just trying to find that balance of putting together all the pieces. It's like one big puzzle, and we've just you know flipped over the pieces. We have the box of what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> and so, you know, you know, you're just trying to work in that one corner right now and get a, and get a head start on it. So that's that's where we're at right now. Yeah, that's a really good way of talking about it. Man. Yeah, we got like part of a house and part of like, you know, the seawater is a little bit together. But yeah. we see what it's supposed to be looking like, but we can't find any of the pieces yeah. in between. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, yeah, make sure, thank you for listening to us um, and listening to us talk to ourselves uh you're more than welcome to check us out on facebook and um on our website talking to myself.org our instagram talking to myself underscore edu i know that malcolm has been doing a journal um mm-hmm. uh, about his experiences in the classroom and has been linking them through the talking to myself um uh, uh instagram sure. page as well mm-hmm. um and then make sure to subscribe to us on apple Podcasts. Um, or your favorite podcast uh, provider. I think we're on pretty much everything except for Spotify still. So, um, yeah, we hope it, we hope you tune in to two weeks from now for the next episode of Talking to Myself. All right, talk to you guys soon.